Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, excuse me. It's the verse right before chapter 7 begins. The end of chapter 6. So Matthew chapter 6 in your Bibles. Towards the end, verse 34. Matthew chapter 6. Let's pray. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we pray that You will bless us as we seek to hear Your voice from Your Holy Word. Father, infuse us with Your wisdom and understanding, and Lord, help us to to know Your message for our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For the last several weeks, we've been talking about fear. We talked about uh, fear of failing, and we talked about uh, the fear that is associated with uh, that failure and and fearing uh, uh, what would happen if we don't succeed in life, don't succeed in the things that we seek to accomplish, if we don't uh, can't do this and can't do that, and we talked about that fear. And uh, last week we talked about the fear of loneliness, and that is something that so many people have difficulty with and have so many problems with being uh, fearing the that feeling of loneliness in their life. And we talked about how Jesus can be uh, there for you and help you through that. Today we want to talk about a different kind of fear. And this is a fear that, that grips so many people in different ways. And you don't have to be a certain age to fear this. Uh, many people have uh, been afraid of this uh, for some time in so many different avenues and aspects of their life. And uh, uh, that is the fear of what will happen tomorrow, the fear of tomorrow, the fear of what may come, the fear of what might happen. Um, Years ago, uh, many of you uh, most undoubtedly recall what it was like to live through the Cuban Missile Crisis. And many of you probably uh, watched that unfold on television and in the newspapers and you read about how uh, our nation was gripped with all kinds of, of issues related to uh, the conflict that was happening between the United States and Russia and the role that Cuba played in, in uh, being a staging ground for missiles and for uh, uh, an attack against the United States. And you recall what President Kennedy did in, in order to try and mitigate that circumstance, and he established a blockade around Cuba. And uh, I believe it was at that time that, uh, or if it not, it was during the Cold War, of, of the different levels of threat that the United States came up with. And they came up with DEFCON 3 and DEFCON 2 and DEFCON 1. And all those things were related to 
uh, the threat against the United States. And it was more of a military thing, but I'm sure it leaked out to everyone in the United States during that time of how close we were to uh, that. And then there was also the... uh, the nuclear clock, and if, if y'all are probably familiar with it more during the Cold War uh, uh, than than we are today, and it was uh, in that dramatic moment when it was set to one minute before midnight, and where there was such a great threat of whether or not we would enter into the world would enter into a nuclear war, and uh, the threat was nuclear annihilation. Those of us who are much younger remember more the uh, the threat that that happened uh, after nine eleven and the uh, the different levels of threat that, and warning that the United States publicized uh, there for many months. I can't recall how long uh, they. Uh, published even in the newspapers, they pr- uh, published the fact that we were in uh, orange or yellow or green or whatever, and and those were all levels of threat related to terrorism in the United States, terrorism around the world, and it was uh, a way of of uh, assessing the threat level of this terroristic attacks, and uh, you know after. Uh, a couple of years, we kind of just forgot all about that. But many of you probably recall uh, uh, that on the newscast each night, they would share what the ter- uh, the terror threat level was and, and what might have caused it to go up or down. And uh, as you recall, with different events that happened, the threat level would go up. Uh, uh, some, you know, it went up during the time when uh, different things were happening, like uh, the shootings there in Washington D.C., where somebody was uh, shooting random people uh, with a rifle from a long distance away, and people were afraid even to get out of their car to get gas at a gas station because they didn't know whether or not they would uh, be shot just standing there uh, pumping at the gas station or uh, getting off of a bus or or anything else. And so uh, at different times of our life, we've encountered those things that can cause us to have fear, but we have uh, other things that cause us fear and, and the fear of what is to come. Uh, for instance, if you uh, say you went to the doctor for a checkup and you had some blood drawn and some things that that uh, were going on and the doctor uh, calls you up a couple of days later and says, you know, we, we found some strange cells in, in the blood that we drew. drew. We want to see you back here and we want to uh, test a little bit more. And so what they have you do is you come back and you go to the doctor. They draw some more blood. They do some more tests on you. And, and then they say, you know, well, we're still seeing some of those things happening in your blood. We want you to go and see a specialist. And, and you, so you go and you talk to a specialist and uh, the specialist runs some tests and things. And then they have you come in and and uh, they say, well, we're still seeing some of those things. We want to do some different tests, and we want to see if we're seeing the same thing in uh, these other tests. Then they test you again and maybe have you come in for a, a deeper examination or something like that. And then they call you up and they say, well... We need you to come and visit the doctor and talk to the doctor. And usually they say, well, you know, bring your spouse, bring your husband, your wife, or your 
uh, your uh, parents or whoever it is that's close to you. <coughs> and the doctor sits you down and they say, we've seen uh, some things that we're not comfortable with and we're afraid you have and then they tell you that you have some kind of uh, disease or some kind of problem that's going on and those kind of things build up that cause you to have uh, anxiety and cause you to have fear and they say well we're going to call we decided that the best thing for you is that you need to do this or you need to do this kind of treatment or you need to do that kind of treatment many of you have have maybe even experienced that kind of thing in your own life where uh, you are brought in and, and they say you know well we found out that you have cancer we find out that you have this or that. That means you're going to have to go on chemotherapy or radiation or whatever it might be. Those things can be scary because we don't know what's coming tomorrow. We don't know what is out there in front of you. But that's not the only kind of fear. You know, uh, uh, when, uh, when I was a young man and, and Robin and I just got married, we went out to Texas and and I, I was getting ready for seminary and she was getting ready for college and we were just uh, newly married and had moved out to a place we didn't know anything about, had never seen before. only thing that we knew about Texas was what we saw in the movies. We didn't know a thing about Texas. And so we moved out there and and, and started our life together. And we had one of the uh, deans of the school to invite us into his office, and this was, they said this is something we do to everybody. And he said, uh, "You've marked on your entrance exam, entrance information that you uh, got married, you were ordained, you uh, graduated from college, you've moved to out here to Texas, and and you're starting a new job or looking for a new job, and you're starting in school. He said, all of those things, even though some of them are really good, like getting married, he said, all those things cause stress in your life. And those things can be just as dangerous to you as if you had somebody pass away in your family or you found out that you had some kind of disease or, or uh, any number of the other things that we typically think of as being bad things. He said, even graduating from college and coming out here, all those things are good things, but all those things cause stress. He didn't know me, though. He didn't know the fact that, uh, that stress doesn't affect me the way it does other people. It didn't bother me at all. I, I was having a good time and thought everything was great. Uh, of course, I, I was short-sighted. I didn't see how much that was affecting Robin as much as me. I, I just, we, we both were just kind of like, well, everything's great. But he said stress like that can, can cause you to have difficulties in your life as well. And it's all related to not knowing what's coming tomorrow. What will happen tomorrow? What, what, what is life going to be like in the near future? What's life going to be like the rest of my life? And those things can cause us to have fear as well. And it can cause us to have problems. And so we come to this passage of Scripture and the most significant uh, part of the Scripture is found in verse 34. It says, "Take there." this is Jesus speaking. He's been ta- uh, talking about all of this. And I want to focus on the last verse first and then go back. He says, "...take therefore no thought for tomorrow." 
For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day of the, as the evil thereof. That's kind of a strange thing for Jesus to say. It's a strange thing for today, and it's a strange thing for people of any time, particularly the time in which Jesus was talking. And the reason I say that, particularly about the time of Jesus' day, is the fact that they didn't have a Walmart to run out to to go and buy groceries. They didn't have a a, a Publix or a, a Harris Teeter or Winn Dixie or or IGA or anything else to run out and get what they needed. If they had something to break in on the farm, it was a tragedy. It was a problem. They didn't have John Deere to go run to to uh, or Tractor Supply or anywhere else to go to get a part. Uh, to continue to work in the fields. It, if, if the plow broke, it was a tragedy. It was a, pro, it was a huge problem. And, so, and Jesus here is saying, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't think about tomorrow. Now, why is Jesus saying that? Well, you have to go back a little bit in order to understand that. Um, look back in the... In the verses, verse 25, he says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought of your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your, your body, what you shall put on is not the little more than meat and the body than raiment. He says, Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into the barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not more, not much more better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to a stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, and how they grow, how they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall He not much more clothe you of ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought for saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things uh, do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So what Jesus is saying is, is He's saying, look at all the things that are happening. Don't worry about what's going to happen in the days ahead. Don't worry about the things that are to come. Why? Why is he talking about that? Well, one of the main issues of fear that we deal with is not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow or how we're going to... And, and even more so for people of this day and age was the fear of how they were going to live each day, day in and day out. Because for these people of that day, it was much more difficult and, and things were so much more trying. They had to worry about 
Well, am I going to have food for today? Am I going to have food for the next meal? Am I going to be able to take care of me and my family right now? And Jesus is trying to tell them. He's not telling them, listen. And here's the, uh, here's the temptation that a lot of us get into. We get tempted to say, you know, I don't have to worry about a thing. I'm going to just live a carefree life. I'm going to sit here on my couch and not worry about a thing in the world. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's not saying don't, uh, don't plan ahead don't, uh, and don't uh, work today. He's not telling you about all those things. He's not telling you to do that. There are some people that simply sit there and say, you know, everything's going to be all right. Everything usually uh, comes in to play and everything comes together. I'm just not going to worry about it. What Jesus is saying is, is he's asking this question and it hits at the heart of this fear. Who do you trust? Who are you trusting in? Do you trust in yourself and the ability that you have to meet your needs or do you trust in God? Where does your trust lie? And he uses a couple of examples. He says, look at all the... And, and Jesus is sitting there, uh, sitting there teaching all these people in there. And in that day, he literally was to, uh, sitting. Uh, whenever someone was a teacher in, in his day, uh, the teacher sat and the audience stood. And they would stand all around. And so here's all this great multitude of people and Jesus has been sharing uh, His Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is sitting there and there's all these people around Him and He's been sharing. And this comes during the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is saying all these things about how they should live their life. And He comes to this section, this portion about dealing with who are you trusting in? And for so many people in that day as well as today, we trust in ourselves. We trust in how much money do I have in a bank account? How, much, how well is my 401k doing? How well are my investments doing? How good is my investment in my home? How good is my uh, investment in life? Do I have enough food in the freezer downstairs? Uh, do I have enough food in the pantry? Do I have uh, what I need for today? Is my... Uh, retirement taken care of? Do I have enough income coming in? Jesus says, are you trusting in those things or do you place your trust in God? And as Jesus is sitting there teaching, he, He's no doubt there are, uh, there's a great field all around Him and He says, look over there at the fowl of the air. He says, look at those birds. He said, look at them. They're out there. They're eating and you know, there's not a one of them, he says, that worried yesterday about whether or not he'd be able to find anything to eat today. Now, he's not saying, look at that bird over there. It's just sitting back waiting until it's time to eat. And it's just uh, going out and saying, okay, where's my food? He's not saying that. The birds are industrious. They're out there and they're, uh, they're eating and they're finding what God has put out there. And he says, they didn't go out there. They didn't... Uh, uh, plan of crops. They didn't go out there and, and bring them in into the harvest, but yet God took care of them. God took care of all of their needs and these birds and something about birds that God knew, uh, that Jesus knew that and God put into their life is, is that birds eat all the time. They eat continually. They eat about one and a half times their body weight throughout the day. 
And so if you ever said to a woman, you eat like a bird, meaning she doesn't eat very much, you're saying the opposite. You're saying she eats all the time. Uh, so don't ever say that if you, if you mean the opposite. But a bird eats a lot of food, and it eats all day long, and it's continually finding food and eating. And Jesus says there's not a one of those birds that worried yesterday about whether or not it'd be able to find food today or worried this morning whether or not he'd be able to find the food he needed for today. He just simply went out and found the food that God had provided for him. And he said if God cares about all those birds that are here today and gone tomorrow, then God obviously cares more about you. And he says also... Look at all those flowers in the field. And, and, you know, isn't it wonderful when you see the wildflowers along the highway or in, along the side of, your, of the road uh, or maybe in your yard if you let it grow up like it, uh, the grass grow up like it does in my yard sometimes. And all these little wildflowers come up and they're beautiful little flowers. Jesus said, or consider the flowers of the field. They, they don't spoil, uh, they, they don't make clothes for themselves. They don't make clothing, cloth and all that. They, and yet God arrayed them in all the beauty, much more than even Solomon in all of his raiment. He said, those flowers of the field, how beautiful they are. Look at the flowers here. These flowers are beautiful that Crystal put out this morning. And God put these flowers in, his, in her yard and, and she blessed us with allow, allowing us to see these beautiful flowers. Now, Crystal might have had something to do with them growing in her yard, but God allowed them to grow and God caused them to, to blossom and bloom and, and be beautiful. And, and they didn't do anything to look that beautiful. God did all of that. And Jesus said, God arrayed these flowers in all of their beauty and He did all of that. But they'll be in here today and maybe in a few days they'll be thrown out, right? Because they'll die. They'll wither away. Jesus said, those, all these flowers you see out in the field, they're here today and gone tomorrow. They're, they're beautiful today for us to look at. Tomorrow we'll throw them in the, in the oven to help us light a fire. They'll be kindling. And Jesus said, you mean so much more than those flowers or those birds. And you, mean, and you today mean so much more to God than any of God's creation. God cares so much more about you. He says, so don't take thought of your situation. Now, what He's saying here is not don't sit there and expect cheeseburgers to rain out of the sky. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, what he's saying is, place your trust in God. Trust in Him. When you fear about what is coming, when you fear about uh, going to see the doctor to get the bad news, when you fear the treatment that's coming, when you fear all those things, realize that God knows the full extent of your life. He knows every moment of your life. And as long as you place your, hand, your life in His hands, God controls every moment of your life. And Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow because God is going to care for you. He cares so much for you and He's planned out your life. 
He knows what He wants for your life, and He'll take care of you. He says, don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear, because those are temporal things. Those are things that are just here today and gone tomorrow. He says, but what you need to understand is, is that you need to depend upon God. He says in verse 32, For God, the Heavenly Father, knows that you have need. He knows that you need all these things. And He said, all these things will be taken care of. He said, so ultimately, you need to trust in God. Secondly, He says, Seek ye first. That's the verse we all know. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. We need to, to secondly... See, the first, we forget so many times the first uh, step. The first step is to trust in God. Trust in God. Depend upon Him. Then seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. What things? He doesn't mean that if you seek first the kingdom of God and God will add a Bugatti into your life and you'll drive around in luxury and style or that you'll get a Lincoln Town car or a, a, a Mercedes Benz or an Audi or whatever fancy car that you have in your mind. He doesn't say to you, seek ye first the kingdom of God and, and His righteousness and all these things meaning uh, loads and loads of money in your bank account or a big house or anything like that. What He is saying is, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things meaning what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where, how you're going to uh, have a place to live, all these concerns that we fill our life with, whether or not you're going to have a healthy life, whether or not you're going to be able to make it through the next day, or whether or not you're going to be able to uh, continue to live for another day. He says all these things will be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. Now how do we do that? By trusting in God, seeking His righteousness, trusting in Him, he says, for the, the day, the morrow will take thought for the things of itself, and sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. He says, and this is the last point, third point is, we need to realize that no matter what we do, bad things and good things come. He says, look, no matter what you do, your life is going to be what your life is. Worrying about it and being afraid of it is not going to keep you from getting that sickness. Worrying about it and fearing is not going to change the treatment that you have to take. Worrying about it and having fear about uh, what's going to happen tomorrow is not going to keep tomorrow from coming. The evil thereof is going to come. But what you need to understand is that God is sufficient to meet all of your needs. When you trust in God, when you seek His righteousness and trust in Him, depend upon Him, all the things you need will come into your life. No matter how difficult the days may be ahead of you, no matter what may come, no matter what the evil may be, God will be there for you.
God will take care of you. God will meet all of your needs. And that's what Jesus is saying. So whenever you think about uh, all these things and you start to have fear in your life, remember the beautiful uh, flowers of the field or the birds of the air. And remember how they trust in God. And place your trust in Him. Seek His righteousness. And all the things that you have need of, He'll take care of. He'll meet your needs. He'll take the fear away. Let's pray. Dear gracious Father God, we praise You for being with us and helping us to realize that no matter what fears may come, we can always trust in You. Lord, bless us as we seek to follow after You, as we seek to follow in Your righteousness. Lord, allow us to always trust in You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.